Our reading today comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him, through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good day, church. Over the last few weeks, we've been tracking through a book in the Bible called Colossians, which is a letter from a guy named Paul to a brand new church in town called Colossae. It's a littlest church in a biggish town that, like our church, is trying to know Jesus and make Jesus known in its community. Paul is trying to offer some encouragement. So far, he's encouraged us to be thankful for all that Jesus has done for us and to be Christ-focused, to focus our lives on him. Today, he gets to the heart of his letter. Commentators suggest that if Colossians could be summed up in one sentence, it would be verses 6 and 7. So then, just as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Jesus has set us free. So Paul encourages us to continue to live in Jesus, overflowing with thankfulness. He says, be free. To illustrate how Paul thinks about the freedom we enjoy, uh, we watched a little video, a little nature video by, um, by planet Earth. And it's a baby iguana escaping from some snakes. The iguana is surrounded by snakes who take chase from all directions. Finally, the snakes catch the iguana, but somehow it escapes and makes it up safely onto a rock. All that Richard Attenborough can say is, a near 
miraculous escape. It's a strange analogy, but for Paul, the Colossians have been set free in a miraculous escape. They've been rescued out of the valley of death into the freedom of Christ. However, they're now being tempted back into the valley and to doubt their freedom in Christ. Paul writes to make sure the Colossians build their lives on the safety of Christ, their solid rock and foundation, rather than going back to tango with the snakes of man-made traditions, false religion, and philosophies that cannot save. The Colossians are being bombarded by fake news, but Paul counters with the good news. So today we'll look at the fake news that's tempting the Colossians, we'll be reminded of the good news, and we'll think about what it means to be free in Christ, living with Jesus at the centre of our lives. Much of Colossians 2 is a comparison between fake news and good news, lies and truth. Paul values our freedom, so he writes in verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. In the past weeks, we've spoken about the humps and the grumps, who get into the ears of these baby Christians and tell them Jesus isn't enough. These were smart people who had sophisticated ideas, and they were saying things like, Jesus is okay, but to be a real Christian, you need to do this. Paul doesn't have anything against philosophy, but he takes issue when it's used to attack faith. Their philosophies are hollow, like an Easter egg, and their traditions are man-made and have nothing to do with the gospel. Now perhaps you're thinking, this is nice, David, but it has nothing to do with me. I'm not tempted by ancient traditions, and I'm no philosopher, right? Wrong. Fake news is alive and well today in our culture and in our churches. Think about the ideas competing for our focus today. From documentaries claiming Jesus had a wife, <coughs> to prosperity preachers telling us that if we send them money, God will bless us. Like smooth-talking salesmen, religious shucksters are peddling man-made religion around us. Think about the traditions we obsess over in church whether the candles face in the right direction, whether the songs we like are being sung, whether the children are seen and not heard, and whether the coffee at morning tea is barista-made or international roast. All these things can point us towards Jesus or distract us from him. If we spend more time and energy thinking about these things than on Christ, then we're like Mr. Iguana, slowly being choked. So how does Paul respond? Well, he responds like anyone coming across a salesman knocking on their door trying to sell them something fake. The best way to respond is, no thanks, I already have one of those. And so Paul combats the fake news with the good news. Paul repeatedly draws us back to the gospel. In verse 9, he reminds us of the awesome reality that we already have salvation in Christ. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, writes Paul. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. We're brought back to Jesus, who stands towering over the fake news and cuts through the lies to bring us into the truth that sets us free. If Jesus isn't at the center and at the heart of a belief system, then it will never lead us to freedom. The good news is that Jesus plus anything equals nothing. 
And Jesus plus nothing is everything. What Jesus accomplished on the cross will always be enough. And so we are saved not by our smarts or by the traditions we hold. We're saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus. Our next item of fake news is circumcision, an ancient sign of Jewish belonging. The humps, the the grumps were telling non-Jewish Christians that they were unclean until they followed Jewish purity laws. For Jewish men, circumcision was a physical reminder that you belong to the promises of God. However, Jesus left us with a spiritual reminder that we all belong to God. Baptism. Paul tells the Christians of Colossae they don't need to be circumcised, which I imagine was a big relief for the men, because in their baptism their hearts are circumcised and their lives are dedicated to Jesus. This is why we shouldn't take baptism lightly. The first Christians would undergo three years of teaching and training, but when they fronted up to the baptismal pool, They knew who was setting them free. When they went down into the water, they died to themselves and rose again to Christ. They had their bodies rubbed down with oil symbolically, setting them aside for Christian service. Circumcision might not be an issue for us today, but think about the identity markers we see in our churches. Tiny differences between denominations divide God's church and create in-groups and out-groups that leave us doubting our safety in Christ and lead us to trust in outward status symbols rather than in our relationship with Jesus. You may worry that you are unclean, unforgivable, or that your sin is too deep, but this, friends, is fake news. Let no one fake you into thinking that God doesn't love you or that you are in any way unworthy or unwelcome in Jesus' church. There are no second-class Christians, If you are baptized, then remember your baptism when you feel inferior to others or doubt God's love for you. If you aren't yet baptized, perhaps it's time for you to look deeper into who Jesus is and what baptism is about and decide whether God is calling you to be baptized. The Bible draws us back to Jesus and a shared memory of our public declaration that God sets us free and that nothing in all creation can separate us from his love. I can't remember my baptism personally, but I can remember my confirmation. The day I owned those baptismal vows and promised my life to God was a special moment that I can go back to and draw on to remind me to be free. Moving on to verse 16, we see that some were being judged by by whether they they kept certain Jewish festivals. Verse 16. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These Jewish festivals were all prescribed in the Bible, but it seems some from non-Jewish backgrounds, the Grumps, were being looked down, were, were, were looking down on others for not observing these holidays. Jewish festivals might not tempt us, friends, but Colossians two should prompt us to ask ourselves. Does my calendar reflect my focus on Jesus? Do we only make time for God at Christmas and Easter? Or does every Sunday matter? Does every day matter? Again, Paul responds with the good news that reality, true freedom is found in Christ. These festivals were scriptural, but they were only a shadow of the things to come. Christ has come. 
and we needn't be held captive to festivals to give us piety. Christ has fulfilled all our moral obligations, and to let others undermine our confidence in Christ because of the events we attend is to forget his sufficiency. Our last item of fake news in this passage is angel worship in verse 18. Paul writes, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. As we've seen before, the Bible is clear that God alone is worthy of worship and being on top of our priorities. To put anything above God or beside God in our hearts and minds is to create an idol. And idols fall and idols crush us. While angel worship might not be a problem now, a hunger for superior worship experience is. I still remember when someone close to me told me I wasn't a Christian because I didn't speak in tongues. Sadly, discord creeps in when we become experienced collectors in church. If the prayers, the music, the sermon, or the vibe of the church isn't doing it for us, we begin to resent our church families and their supposedly inferior way of doing things. Sadly, friends, all these things rob us of our thankfulness. They take our eyes off Jesus, and they lead us to doubt our freedom in Christ. Once again, Paul puts out the fire of fake news with the truth of the gospel. He reminds us that Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life. Jesus is our comforter. He is our all in all. If someone else has vision or an amazing spiritual encounter, good for them. It's not wrong to desire such experiences, but it's not right to doubt your salvation or whether God loves you if you hadn't ha- haven't had the same experience. The Bible tells us that experienced collectors are in danger of being out of touch with Christ. Look at verse 19. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Our Redeemer is Christ. Our anchor is Christ. And we should dedicate our lives to knowing Him more through worship, prayer, and reading His Word. But these things don't save us. Jesus does. When fake news tempts us to despair, we have complete security in the gospel of Christ. Thomas Cranmer, who wrote the first Anglican prayer book, once preached, Let us reverently hear and read Holy Scripture, which is the food of the soul. Let us diligently search for the well of life in the books of the New and Old Testament, and not run to the stinking puddles of men's traditions, devised by men's imaginations for our justification and salvation. So what does it look like to live free? Well, in the Sunday services, I pointed the people at St. John's to the candles, and people have been happy for us to change to electric candles in order to preserve our projectors. This is because we idolize not candles and not projectors, but we want a worship service that helps people understand Jesus. At the Cecil Plains service, I spoke about how the people at Cecil Plains took up the challenge that had been issued to them months ago, that if they didn't start attending church regularly and worshipping Jesus regularly, they would be no church in coming generations. Last night at Cecil Plains, there were nine adults and nine children. 
a huge encouragement to everyone at the Cecil Plains Church. But I want to tell you a story about what happened to me last week. I met with a, a woman from Dolby, from CAP, Christians Against Poverty. And she talked about how in Dolby, CAP helps people who are struggling with financial debt. And she talked about the freedom we have in Christ, but also about the freedom people receive when CAP helps them to reconcile their debts and get out of debt. It's a wonderful ministry and it provides freedom in Christ, freedom financially and freedom for families to be free and live free. As Christians, we need to look for ways that we can live free and we can help others to find freedom in Christ. As we proclaim the gospel and serve in this place, we are free to have wax candles and electric candles or no candles at all. We're free to come to church and not come to church, but we must put Jesus at the center of our lives. And we're free to declare the great gospel that we're not just free financially, we're not just free physically, we are free in Christ and we are free spiritually. To be free is to recognize that all that matters is Christ and anything that takes our eyes off him is a distraction. The other very clear application of this text is Paul's example. He cares so much about the Colossians that nothing, not even his imprisonment, will hinder his efforts to encourage them. Friends, do we care about our brothers and sisters that much? When we miss someone in church, do we call them and find out how they are? When we see someone in the street who used to be a part of this community, do we greet them as a friend and invite them back? When we check in with our friends to see how they're going by sharing hospitality, doing life together and reading the Bible together, we encourage one another to be rooted and established in Christ, living out our freedom in Him. In Christ, we can be free. May we combat the fake news around us with the good news of Jesus. And may we live free in Christ, serving one another and committing to knowing Jesus and making Jesus known every day. Amen.